Hey moms, welcome to this week's podcast. I am Dorinda Wilson. I am a wife to one and a mom to eight, a nana to six, and actually recently just added a 17-year-old to our family, and I'm going to be talking about that in just a minute. I'm also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler and of Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart. That is a devotional written specifically for moms. Both of those books can be found on Amazon. Now, for those of you who follow me regularly, you've probably noticed that I have been reading entries from my devotional, Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, and I've been adding those to my devotional series called Grace for a Mom's Heart that is on the podcast here. Um, That's a category that I have that just has a whole bunch of devotionals, and many of those recently have included ones from my book, Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart. Now, the reason I've been doing that is because I have been busy finishing a book. I have a contract with Zondervan to publish a brand new book in 2021. It's not until June because apparently there is a lot that has to happen even once the book is written. Uh, there's editing and there's marketing and all these different things that have to happen, and I'm, I'm still on a learning curve with that and just... Uh, kind of along for the ride now that I've turned in the manuscript. So I was busy writing that manuscript over the last several weeks. I felt like God wanted me to really uh, just pour my heart and soul into it. And so um, I wasn't doing a lot of new content for the podcast, but now that the manuscript is in, I am excited to be back and bringing some brand new content to you um, other than my devotional. So here is what is going to be happening. I am going to be doing something that, I, that I've done quite a bit in the past, and that is to have a guest on once a week, someone who is a, 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 just a specialist in their field. So I've had lots of different um, guests on so far. I have um, a great lineup coming up. And so those podcasts will be 45 minutes to an hour like they usually have been in the past. But the other podcast that I plan to publish every week is a brand new series called The Homeschool Life. And what I'll be doing is um, I'll be tackling commonly asked questions. Now, there are a lot of new homeschoolers out there, and there are a lot of times we forget things and we need to be reminded of things. And so I want to tackle those common problems that we run into in the homeschool life. And things like, um, you know, struggling with feeling inadequate, um, uh, struggles dealing with toddlers while trying to homeschool, struggles with uh, what other people think. And this podcast is only going to be about 15 to 20 minutes. So I'll have a longer one and a shorter one, and you'll have, you know, you'll get to choose or listen to both or whatever it is you want to do. So there's going to be some great content coming on to the podcast. So I would encourage you to go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already. Um, the other way you can, you can either subscribe from the platform that you listen to, or you can subscribe to my blog slash website or whatever they call it now. And um, if you do that, you will have access to a free version of the audiobook. And it's the only version of the audiobook, The Unhurried Homeschooler. I read it myself and I really had a lot of fun reading it because as I was reading it, I was thinking about all of you and just... Um, 
where you're at right now and and remembering those days when all the kids were home and I only have a couple now at home, but just being able to sort of read it from my heart. And so that's what I've done on that audiobook. So I would encourage you, if you haven't subscribed, to go to DorindaWilson.com and uh, pop-up should come up and you should be able to put in your email and and then have access to that. So I would encourage you to go do that. If you're a follower uh, just from a platform, a, a podcast platform, would you please leave a review or um, it doesn't have to be long, a sentence or two, if you're able to do that would be super helpful because what happens is then the, those platforms, the more reviews you have, the the more they show it to more moms. And the point of all that is just to bring more encouragement to more moms. So I would encourage you to leave a review if you can do that. So today um, I'm going to be talking about the homeschool life and the topic today is when life is messy. And so this is where I sort of want to plug in my recent story. As most of you know, we've been homeschooling for 25 years. Our oldest daughter is almost 30. And like I said, we have six grandkids who are all being homeschooled as well. And we homeschooled all of our kids from the beginning. And we're kind of now at the point where the finish line is in sight. And I've been praying, God, I want to finish well. I want to finish well. So um, that's what I've been working at doing. Um, But very interesting little plot twist here. So years ago, when all of our kids were at home, I like to say once upon a time when all of our children were home, I told them I would never want to be a foster mom. I did not feel called to fostering a child. And one reason was, well, my plate was full. Our eight kids were born less than two years apart. But the other thing is, in my heart, I just wasn't sure I could do a child justice, not knowing their beginnings and and being able to understand some of the burdens that they carry. Because obviously, if they're not with their parents anymore, something has gone awry. And they're going to come to you with... um, a certain amount of baggage and unknown things. And I just wasn't sure that I could do a child a a great service. You know, I didn't feel qualified. And so um, I so respected families who were able and willing and felt called to that. It was just, it always just amazed me um, the way that they could navigate that and walk that out. And I knew it wasn't easy. That was the other thing. It's hard. So, Anyhow, fast forward to um, July, and we had just graduated our seventh. We have one left at home who has a few years left of homeschooling. And I don't want to tell the whole story because um, the young man who joined our family actually wants to do a podcast with me and share the story with all of you um, himself alongside of me. So I'm very, very excited about that. But our daughter... uh, married daughter somehow ended up connecting with this young man. And um, long story short, from the time we began to talk to him on a Facebook or like a FaceTime call about the possibility of coming to live with us. um, And then between from the time we did that to the time we actually picked him up from the airport was literally less than 48 hours. That's how quickly it came. And so now God says, here, you're going to be a foster mom. And I will say he's not in the foster care system, which has actually been a, a huge blessing because I'm, I'm going to be able to homeschool him. 
and I am homeschooling him. However, um, if someone would have told me, hey, years down the road, uh, Chicky Poo, you're going to be a foster mom, I would have tucked a few more things in my hat along the way so that I was more prepared. You know, in my own wisdom and in my own mind, that seems like that would have been ideal, right? Well, that was not God's plan. God said, here, I'm going to give you this young man to care for and to love and to walk alongside. And... I'm telling you, the reason I'm sharing this story is because I was once again reminded very, very clearly um, of those feelings of feeling inadequate. Now, I realize that many of you never decided to homeschool. It sort of got thrust upon you. And so you can totally relate to these feelings of, I don't know what I'm doing, Nobody told me I was going to be doing this. If I would have known, I would have been more prepared or um, would have done something to help myself be a little more ready. But here I am and I'm doing this thing, right? And so that's where I am. I'm here and I'm doing this thing. Now, uh, Wesley has been with us for one month and I can tell you um, it has been in so many ways delightful and surprisingly easy and in other ways, surprisingly or not surprisingly difficult. And so that's where we're at right now. And so I wanted to just share that with you because I'm in a messy situation as well. And maybe your messy situation um, isn't necessarily homeschooling. Maybe you're homeschooling and you've been homeschooling for a while and you had a rhythm, but things have happened that you never expected to happen in your life. And maybe it's not anything you did to bring it on, Maybe you did. I I don't think it actually really matters. I think life is messy and God allows messiness into our lives and he has a purpose and a plan for it. Um, And I think it's important to stop and recognize what makes life feel messy. I think it's when, for me, it's when I don't feel like I can keep or find any kind of rhythm because life circumstances aren't allowing for it. That throws me off more than anything. And maybe that's not the case for you. Maybe it's something else. Um, Maybe it's just, I think sometimes it's feeling out of control. Any kind of feelings or circumstances that make us feel out of control. Maybe we're just simply feeling anxiety. You know, we're just, we're dealing with maybe a physical ramification of something. Um, So I really feel like this topic can speak to just about all of us right now, especially considering uh, the circumstances we're in when it comes to our country and all that's going on around us. Um, We, I believe, are all feeling the messiness of life. But I want to um, relate it back to our homeschool life because often we look at messiness and we think it's preventing us from doing a most excellent job with our children, either raising them or homeschooling them. And that can be a humongous discouragement and distraction that keeps our hearts in a state of fretting and a state of anxiety and a state of fear. And so I want to speak to that today because it's obviously, as I explained, a very recent occurrence for me as well. And I say, let's all band together, moms, and let's sit and think about this for a minute. So we understand, I just mentioned what makes it feel messy. But now I want to share with you something very, very important when it relates to raising and homeschooling our kids. The messiness of life 
can be the perfect scenario to raise and homeschool our kids. And why am I even saying that? That sounds crazy, doesn't it? It is an opportunity to walk out our faith with our kids. I would say that's the number one thing is we can model for our kids what real faith looks like. Now, you may be a new believer. You may be uh, someone who said, well, I've really never had to do it in this intense of a way. I just want to encourage you. God is with you. He's allowed these circumstances in our lives. He is sovereign over our lives. He's sovereign over our families. And he has a good plan and a purpose in the midst of the messiness. This is, hear me out, moms, this is part of our kids' education. This is part of preparing our kids for life. This is part of parenting. And I think we often are tempted to box up education into the three R's, reading, writing, arithmetic, you know, maybe throw some science and history in there. But the bottom line is that Education is discipleship. It is about walking in relationship with our kids. It's about talking about things along the way. It's about seeking the heart of God in the midst of it. It's about showing our kids what justice, true justice, and true injustice really are. It's showing our kids what does it look like to speak for those who have no voice. It's pointing out where we see God working and cooperating with that work. So even in our day-to-day homeschooling and our, our living life alongside of our kids, we are pointing out, where do we see God working, kids? Let's keep our eyes on the prize The prize is God is working all the time in a million different ways. And we have the opportunity to have his presence with us, his power living within us. We're not here just weak and on the side of the road left for dead because our life is messy and our circumstances feel out of control. No, God is saying, I want to empower you. I want to take these circumstances and I want to use them to grow you as as people, as individuals, but also as a family. I believe that God is turning the hearts of parents, says specifically fathers, but I believe that represents the parental unit. Um, in the scriptures, it says that God turns the hearts of his, the fathers towards their children. Families in our country have been fragmented for too long. And God is, even Christian families, and God is saying, I want the best for you. And strong, cohesive families are what's best not only for our fam- for the individual, but also for our families and also for our country and for our world. It's, it's the glue that holds people together because it's the love of Christ working in our lives and through our lives as individuals and as families and also this anchor, this foundation, this solid, these solid roots that we give our kids by walking with them, by being with them and by showing them what good relationships look like, nurturing sibling relationships. I have a, I have a podcast series on that. I encourage you to listen to it. Letting Boys Be Boys. That's another podcast series, number 14 through 17. If you want to listen to podcasts on the differences in in homeschooling and raising boys, um, God is calling us to something very, very good and wonderful in the midst of the messiness. And so 
what I want to share with you today as well are the things that God has shown me over all of these years as a mom and as a homeschooling mom that He has brought me back to again. He's refreshed them. I feel like you know how you refresh the page on your computer? He's refreshed my heart by bringing Wesley into our family. He's reminded me of what's really important when it comes to raising kids. And I will say, I just want to stop for just a minute. I was in church on Sunday, and um, all of our kids go to the same church. We are all in the same pew together. Our grandkids were there. Um, We have three kids who don't live close to us, but the other five do. I was literally in tears because I am so grateful for the way that God has led my husband and me to focus on a cohesive family, to focus on making family life a priority, to focus on making dinner time together every night a priority, to focus on relationships within our family, keeping good relationships. Because moms, I can tell you right now, there is no greater feeling. John said it. There, I, I um, have no greater joy than to know that my children are walking in the faith. And I I look at this down this pew and I see these grown kids who love the Lord and they love their spouses and they love their children and they love the people around them and they're hard workers and they're a blessing to the world around them. That doesn't just happen, moms. That happens through difficulty. Honestly, our family has uh, become the closest and bonded the most through overcoming obstacles together. And so the messiness creates the obstacles that allows us to become a closer family and to raise these children into healthy, productive, godly adults. So what are some of these refreshers that God has given me? Well, he has reminded me, first of all, of James 1. I have fallen back on that scripture, this scripture passage, over and over and over again. And any of you who followed me for any length of time know that I repeatedly go back to this passage that says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives generously without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But if he But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he'll receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. So what is it saying there? First of all, it's saying that when you ask for wisdom, God's going to give it generously. He's not even going to hold back. He's not even going to hold back finding fault, you know, it says, without finding fault. So basically he's saying, I don't care if you're imperfect. If you ask me for wisdom and you believe that I'm gonna give it to you and you continue to believe, I guarantee you're gonna get it and you're going to get it generously. So I have fallen back on that over and over and over again. And so I'm running to the Lord. God, give me wisdom. Show me how to love Wesley in a way that actually connects with him. Show me what it looks like to be a good mom to him. I was talking to him the other day and we'd had a really good conversation. And I just looked at him and I said, what do you need from me, Wes? What's the best thing that I can give to you? And he just looked at me and said, just be my mom. And I told him, I said, I can do that. Um, And that's what I'm trying to do. But I'm going to tell you, it's not always easy because I don't always know what kind of mom he needs. And this is when I run back to the Lord and I say, God, 
you know. You know him inside and out. You weaved him together in his mother's womb. You have saved this boy from so much, and you have brought him to our family. So God, show us. Show us what he needs. Show me as a mom what he needs. The next thing is that he's reminded me of is how important it is to have an unhurried heart. Every time I start to fear or feel anxious and I start to I start to hurry. I start to rush a response or rush into trying to fix something and it never goes as well. Sometimes it goes very poorly and I have to apologize and say I handled that really poorly. And I realize I should have slowed down and and sought the Lord first and asked him for wisdom. And maybe been a little more, taken a little more time to reflect and let my thoughts become, let God clarify my thoughts. And this is why I wrote The Unhurried Homeschooler Moms. It wasn't just about slowing um, our kids, you know, not not rushing our kids into schoolwork. That's kind of where it started. But ultimately, that idea of being unhurried has permeated every area of my life and continues to be something that God brings me back to because it's in the hurry that we miss so much. I read once in a book called The Unhurried Life, which I highly recommend, it, said, it says, love does not rush past the hard places. We live in such a distracted culture and such a distracted society that we can easily um, find other things to bring ourselves comfort when we're uncomfortable. But if we really want to love each other, we don't rush past the hard places. We stop and we dig our heels in and we love well by addressing the hard things as the Lord leads. So the unhurried piece of it, very, very important. Also very important for our mental health, our physical health, our spiritual health. Um, It's also important for relationships, you guys. So important. The other thing that he's reminded me of, and actually my daughter reminded me of this when I told her, I said, I don't know. I, I do not feel cut out for this. I don't know if I can do this, 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 you know, quote unquote, foster parenting thing. I hate to call it that because I feel like we've adopted him. He is now part of our family. I don't, I don't think of him as temporary. I think of him as an addition to our family. So my daughter said to me, mom, you always say God is sovereign over our families. He's sovereign over uh, the the parents and the children and, and, and the children he puts them with, whether they're biological or foster or adopted. God is the one who weaves our families together and he doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Maybe you're faced with a child who's particularly difficult um, for many different reasons, maybe physically, maybe mentally, maybe emotionally, Please don't rush past the hard places. Know that God is going to equip you. Yes, it's going to feel messy. It's not always going to feel good. But ultimately, I firmly believe that God has called us as parents to make decisions when it comes to our kids. We are ultimately responsible for every area of our lives, of their lives, and that includes their education. Whether we choose to let them attend um, school or whether we keep them home or we get a tutor or we have them do online school, we are ultimately responsible for their education, their physical well-being, their mental well-being. doesn't mean that we can't ask for help. We absolutely should get help, but we also need to make sure that, again, we are being unhurried and asking the Lord to bring the help that He wants to bring along for that particular child. So don't rush into things. Take your time. If you're just starting out homeschooling, 
Just do something simple to start with. Maybe nothing at all if your kids are super resistant. Sometimes we have to go through that little de-schooling process and just be a family together for a while. I guarantee you're not going to ruin your kids by doing that. In fact, you're going to do them a favor and you're going to do um, your family a favor. Um, And again, remembering that God is sovereign over our lives and over our circumstances. We are not victims. As believers, we are victors. That is what the Bible says. That is what the Bible teaches. I'm telling you, I I look at Facebook as little as possible, but can I just say the news headlines, everything I read is hopelessness and despair. That is not God. Yes, there are bad things happening. Yes, there is injustice, but there is a whole lot of good stuff happening. A whole lot of good stuff. God is working in a million different ways. But the world isn't going to tell you that. You've got to go to the Word of God. You've got to turn on that praise music. You've got to turn your eyes on Him because He is our hope. We have a We have a God void, an empty hole in our hearts, and we try to fill it with everything else but Him. When the only thing that's ever going to satisfy is going to be the Lord. Yes, He will bring other, He will use things in our lives to fill that God void. But that thing is not where the hope comes from. Our hope and that blessing and that goodness comes from God. It says in the New Testament that every good and perfect gift comes from above. So whether that is sitting there looking at beautiful roses and flowers and being outside and feeling the wind on your face or the sun um, on your skin, um, those are blessings from God. Those are blessings from God. They come from Him. He is a good, good God. A few more things that I want to share with you um, in regards to how I'm viewing my children and specifically Wesley, because I'm still getting to know him. There are things I don't know about him. There's a lot I don't know. There are things I do know, but there's a lot I don't know. And so that can lend itself to fear. Okay, so the same thing can be true if you've just started homeschooling or uh, maybe you've adopted or fostered or you have a new baby or you have your kids with you more than you ever have and you feel like maybe you don't know them completely um, and you're not sure about what you're seeing. Here's what the Lord um, kind of showed me um, as I prayed about some things. He He told me to assume the best always assume the best. If there's something that needs to be corrected, if you're wrong and it's something that's not the best, God can reveal that to you. But the problem with not assuming the best is that we end up walking in fear. Obviously, we don't want to walk in denial. If our child has character issues, um, we need to address them with God's wisdom. However, um, when we're not sure, let's try to assume the best. The second thing is not to be fearful. Do not work from a place of fear. And so worrying and fear, um, that's that's a place that we can often find ourselves as moms and as homeschooling moms and, and in the messiness. We can find ourselves feeling fearful and we're continually, we can be continually working from a place of fear. That is not God's heart for us. He wants us to work from a place of strength. And you're probably asking me, now, what in the world does that even mean? What does that look like? 
Well, first of all, it's like I said before, let's keep our eyes on him and recognize the hope that he gives us. And and, re- and that's knowing who he is. So crack that Bible open and get to know him better because that's who he is. But working from a place of strength, um, God reminded me, yes, Dorinda, there are a lot of things that you don't know. And we tend to focus on those when we're working from a place of fear. But he said, there's things you do know. It might not be, it might feel like only a few things compared to all the things you don't know, but don't focus on the things you don't know. Focus on the things you do know. So what do you know about your kids? What do you know God wants you to do with them? What do you know is in your heart to do with your kids? Okay, so all opinions aside, all expectations aside, what is God whispering to your heart for your family, for your children, for your day-to-day? And what is he whispering to your heart in the midst of the messiness? The other way that we work from a place of strength is recognizing that every one of us is gifted in certain areas. And we are bringing those giftings to our children. Those are meant to be a blessing to our families. For instance, I am an encourager. But sometimes I forget to use that gift of encouragement in my own family. I'll use it for other moms and I'll use it for my friends, but I won't use it in my own heart towards myself. And I don't use it in, uh, towards my family enough. So remember, find out if you don't know, but probably by now you do know what your strengths are and what your giftings are. How can you engage those to be a blessing to your family? And then just walk in that. That's working from a place of strength. Those gifts are from God. And when you work from those gifts, you are working from His, from a place where He is, from His presence and from His gift to you that was meant to be a blessing to your family. So work from a place of strength. Don't be fearful. Again, keep an unhurried heart. And the next thing, I have two more things. The next thing might just be more applicable to to people who are more like me. I'm a type A personality, but I think most moms tend to do this. We take responsibility for everything everything. We take responsibility for things we have no control over. And all that does is make us anxious and fearful and worried and tired and stressed. And stressed out moms are the last thing that our kids need right now. In this unsure world, you guys, we can bring our kids safety and security by bringing consistency and understanding of who God is, but also an understanding, working from strength, assuming the best, pointing out where God is working, and remembering that we are not responsible for everything. Okay, so here's the deal. Um, We need to recognize what we are responsible for and be prayerful about that and recognize the things that we are worrying about that we're not responsible for and be prayerful about that. And related to that is my final point. These kids or this messiness, they are not our project. God is at work. God is moving. He is working in the lives of our kids. The work that He is doing in their hearts and in their lives is His work. I find myself jumping in the driver's seat, trying to be the Holy Spirit over and over and over again. 
I'm not very good at it. In fact, I stink at it. So we slow our hearts down. We don't rush thinking we have to make this project a success. What we need to do is just slow our hearts down, listen for the Lord, listen for His voice, still all the other noises and distractions and comparisons, and listen for God's voice. Remembering that He is at work and we're looking for where He's working and joining in. So we ask Him to give us the eyes to see where He's working and then we cooperate with that work. So some of you might be asking, you know, I don't know that I've ever really heard the Lord's voice before. So let me just tell you um, how to move that direction, how to grow in that. Open up your Bible and read. Now, if you've ever done this before and you have ever um, read something, maybe you read one verse or two verses or three verses and something just stood out to you like, wow, it was like someone was just magnifying it. Guess what? That's God talking to you. And as you do that, as you're in the word and you recognize that more and more and more, it's like you practice this, this discipline of listening for the Lord's voice through reading his word and understanding that when that thing comes out at you, that that is him. And eventually what happens is you start to be able to recognize his voice when you're at the grocery store. And he says, don't buy that, buy this instead. (laughs) Now, obviously it's not a tangible, audible voice typically. And um, he doesn't tell me every single thing, but sometimes when I'm just feeling, struggling over whether I should buy something or not, I just can stop. And it's like the Lord says, buy this not this. I have this gut feeling. And so that's how you begin to hear the voice of the Lord. And so my my point in all of this is to encourage you that God's heart for you is to find contentment and peace in the midst of the messy, because God has plans for you in the midst of the messy. And if you stop, unhurry your heart, and really look and ask God to give you eyes to see where you see him working in the midst of the messy, maybe journal it or at least make a mental note of it and do that on a regular basis. And you will begin to see the beauty for ashes that he talks about in the scriptures when he says he gives beauty for ashes. He takes things that Satan means for evil and he turns around and he uses them for good. Only God can do that. And he wants to do that in your life and my life. And he wants to do that in the midst of the messiness. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you that your presence is with us, that you never leave us nor forsake us, God, that we don't have to clean up our mess before we can come to you, but we can invite you into the messiness. And 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 you will bring order, God, because you are a God of order, not of chaos. And you love it when we call on you to come in and rescue us, to come in and bring order to the chaos. And may our children's eyes be opened up to see your goodness, that they would see what a real, loving, and powerful God we serve. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.